Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So last week, Jeff Belanger, what a fascinating character he is. Lots of fascinating stories. But one thing stuck out in what he said, and this is where we get to these politically incorrect things, Randall. And that is, he mentioned that one thing he doesn't like is stamp collecting. Now, I figure, <laughs> I figure here, wait a minute, all the philatelists out there, are going, you know what that is, uh, are going to contact us and complain. Now, I will tell you this, I stand in the middle. When I was a kid, I was a stamp collector for several years because my dad was one. And then after a while, I got into sci-fi and UFOs. So that was the end of my stamp collecting. So if you are, feel offended that we are basically attacking the people who are into stamp collecting, it is not my fault. It's Jeff Belanger, and you can check him out and yell at him. Don't yell at me. Everybody else does. George Hansen, are, are you interested in stamp collecting at all? Uh, well, I did as a kid, but that was long, long ago. You <laughs> I see? Have no interest at this point. Fellow traveler, good to hear that. The other thing they had, this shows you how society has changed. I'll mention briefly. I don't know if they still have it. You had a way of buying stamps. Either you go to a store or you go to some kind of collector's club or a special event, or you order, I guess it's online now but you order something called approvals. And approvals is where the dealer will send you some stamps. On your honor, you pay for the ones you want to keep, send your check, and send the rest back. Remember that. He's trusting you to send the rest back. All right? I like a money-back guarantee. I talked to a few of those dealers. I dealt with them. They're very nice. But this is many years ago. In 2019, you can't do that because far too many people would keep that stuff. Well, a lot of places do give you, you know, so many days to return the product if you're not satisfied. But with stamps, you're not prepaying. You only pay if you keep the merchandise. That's the key. Or um, pay for what you use. Well, I guess it depends on where you go. I have some stamps from, gosh, I think it was my dad and his dad collected a few. And so I've got them downstairs. I, I mean, I have no idea if there's anything in there worth keeping. But every once in a while, you hear one of these stories where somebody finds some rare stamp in some obscure book that they never really paid much attention to that's worth thousands of dollars. Well, if I was one of those, I think the history would be better. You know, let's kind of move into our guest this week, George Hansen. He was on the Paracast three years ago, 2016, with our previous co-host. And we emphasized then the connections to the paranormal and the trickster, like we have this other thing that's involved and not always doing things that are nice. For those who are nine to tricksters, George, and don't want to go back for the three years to check the show, define a trickster. Well, trickster is not easy to define. In fact, I sometimes give three different definitions. So it's like talking from three sides of your mouth. Yes. Uh, first of all, the trickster is a character type found in mythology and folklore worldwide. And there are maybe a hundred or more of them. You've got 
Mercury of the Romans, Hermes of the Greeks, Loki of the Norse, you've got Coyote of North American Indians, and the list goes on and on and on. Now, you can also think of the trickster as what's called an archetype. And that's a term that Carl Jung popularized. And I define archetype as a collection, an abstract collection of qualities. And the trickster embodies these qualities. And some of them uh, include uh, marginality. The trickster is sort of a little bit an outsider on the margin, not really in the center of things. Also, the trickster is deceptive, of course, by the, just the name, and rather disruptive. They tend to foment uh, change and uh, start fights and just stir things up. Also, the tricksters tend to violate sexual taboos, and they also tend to be associated with paranormal or supernatural powers. There are, there are other characteristics, but those are the major ones that are of primary influence uh, and interest to the paranormal. John Keel referred to uh, the alleged source of the phenomenon as ultra-terrestrials, implying they were not altogether sane, but in some ways also implying a tricksterish kind of source. What do you think? Well... Ultra-terrestrials, I would think, be, be above or beyond the Earth. Or The trickster does not fit into our ordinary rational world. And in fact, much of our rational world tends to push the trickster aside and try to make us forget about it. So the trickster often operates at this unconscious level. So things happen that we're not consciously aware of. We may do things unconsciously that produce really good results or sometimes rather detrimental results. So I think Keel was getting at uh, this idea, and I, I used to attend meetings of the New York 14 Society, and I believe we met there one time very briefly. So I have a lot of respect for John, and his thinking really impacted my own. So I think he was onto something here. Then again, if somebody does something really screwy, wouldn't that be a convenient way to blame somebody else? I didn't do it. I was controlled by the trickster. Sure, sure. You're controlled by someone else or some spiritual force or whatever you want to call it. And that happens a lot. And in fact, uh, in, say, spiritual mediumship, that sometimes happens rather frequently. Now, say things in a seance start moving around the room. Well, it could be due to trickery. Or it could be due to actual paranormal powers being uh, invoked and utilized. And sometimes it's, and many times, it's very, very hard to know the difference. So today, generally don't believe in spiritual powers, but many people do. But the official line is that, well, they don't really exist. But if there are entities out there, and I think there are, that, they, that are not physical, they may have some influence on us that we're unaware of. And certain mediums, for instance, may be unaware that they are in some sense possessed and that they will do things that they are completely unconscious of. On the other hand, maybe those spiritual beings have powers of their own. So it becomes very, very ambiguous. And one of the characteristics of the trickster is ambiguity and also ambivalence. People have feeling a kind of uncertain feeling about do they like the trickster or they detest the trickster or just what's going on. We don't 
again, the trickster embodies an ambiguous and ambivalent uh, character quality. Right. Yeah, they have the uh, that ability to morph from one form to another. Uh, you know, for people who don't really get it, one thing I kind of like to do is say, well, look, in its most basic, simplistic form, everybody plays cards and you've got that joker in there. And the joker can be anything, depending on the game. And it can show up in any place and it can wreak havoc or it can help you out. It's just, it's sort of like that. Is it, would you, is that fair? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a really good example. And the trickster is a shapeshifter. It, uh, and in fact, North American Indians understood that very well that it had no set shape or animal associated with it. There were some that were more likely to be associated with than others. But uh, in reality, they viewed it as, okay, it, it can, can morph, it can change. You know, we have so much more to talk about tricksters and relating them to different kinds of phenomena, UFOs, maybe ghosts. Of course, when we mentioned Carl Jung, we're talking about collective unconscious and how does that play? This is going to be a really fascinating episode, folks. So stay with us with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what Dr. Joe has to say. Hypertension runs in my family, unfortunately. I started having problems a number of years ago, and I had heard the commercials a number of times, and I personally do not like the idea of being on medication. <laughs> Even though I'm a physician, you would think, you know, that's our thing, but we just don't like it. So I, I figured, you know, I'll start the product, and I did, and I gotta tell you, it does help. By the grace of God and that product, you know, my labs come back really good all the time, right on the money. I used to always have like cold toes in the winter time and I used to love going down to Florida for my medical conferences. But since I've been taking the product regularly, I don't have that problem anymore. You got a great product there, Don, and I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am. Thank you so much. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite.
This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So we're defining our terms here, the trickster. But can we say logically maybe the trickster is us? Uh, in part, yes, of course. Uh, the trickster is very difficult to precisely define. And I think we are part of it. The trickster is part of what makes us human. So it, it is difficult to pinpoint and precisely define and very clearly and distinctly define what is a trickster and what is not. And I think everyone has certain trickster qualities. And I think that's healthy. They can be overly done and people can have to but too extreme of trickster characteristics, but one I think it's helpful for survival generally. Deception is part of the human condition. Trickery is part of the human condition. How so? Well, uh, a survival yeah, mechanism for sure. And if there are very powerful forces that want to kill you or your tribe, uh, sometimes the only good alternative is trickery deceiving the the powerful and the people who want to destroy you or your friends and you can live to fight another day so survival yes absolutely so we create our own trickster collectively maybe uh in part yes indeed we are much more connected than we often realize 
There are all sorts of unconscious communications that go on between people. Expectations. If you are a small child, you are expected to behave a certain way. Sometimes if you are a an outcast, you're expected to behave in certain ways. If you kind of take on a different personality and dress a little bit differently, you can present yourself in a very different light. Is this deception? Well, in some sense, yes, but not completely. You are just uh, presenting alternate uh, versions of yourself. Is this trickery? In some sense, yes. In some sense, no. Well, of course, we can be different people depending on our moods, depending on on our environment, depending on what happened that day to make you feel good and to make you feel not so good. That's right. But a practical aspect here, can we blame wars, blame authoritarians, dictators on someone where the trickster is exerting extra influence? Or is that an excuse? That might not be a very, there might be some aspects that would, the trickster might help explain, but that's probably not sufficient. You know, the human mind is very complex. And there are certain areas where the trickster manifests more strongly. In the cases you cited, well, certainly there are times when you could point to that. But generally, I'm not sure it'd be terribly useful there. You'd have to give a specific instance and kind of draw it out. And then who knows? They just might be crazy people involved. That's right. But if they're crazy, if, if one is just crazy, one is probably not terribly functional. Let's get into another specific instance in terms of a trickster. Someone like a Richard Shaver, who claimed that he heard voices from the beings below the earth. Is that some kind of Mm -hmm. influence? Uh, Very possibly. And certainly one could raise some questions as to whether Shaver was completely sane. And there may be people who are more vulnerable to uh, outside influences. Uh, who may not be able to function effectively in the rational world. Is that a trickster? Perhaps. Is there a trickster aspect there? Uh, I think somewhat likely. Uh, But it may be just that the brain state, there may not be what they should be. So these are instances where it's hard to say. I think there there are, when you come into fraudulent or trickery in the paranormal and in seances or in the UFO field, then I think the trickster is a little bit more easily seen. We're talking kind of hypothetically and kind of abstractly. I think it's sometimes useful to uh, specify or talk about specific instances. And Richard Shaver is certainly one. You know, I I have not studied his psychology at all. I listened to lectures at 14 society gatherings, but I don't, not really terribly familiar with everything he did. You know, and what's fascinating here about Shavers, I knew him, by the way. And if you read the stories, the bios of Ray Palmer, for example, which include Shaver, supposedly Shaver spent a number of years in a mental institution, but there's reason to believe that he was railroaded by the okay. family of his wife because they didn't want him marrying her. Very complicated. Mm. Maybe it was easier then. I don't know. But the guy I talked to, other than 
the issues with regard to the Deros and Tiros was a really nice guy. Uh-huh. Very pleasant to talk to. So I don't know about the rest at all. I know that Ray Palmer, when I interviewed him in the 60s, made a point of revealing this. And I wondered, gee, is he trying to discredit Shaver? But then he said, I believe Shaver. So that made it all the more confusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's likely a mix. Uh, he probably did have some pretty severe psychological problems, but even people who do have a certain amount of rational rationality in them, typically, and they can function to some degree. Who knows at that point? I mean, if someone strikes you as being perfectly normal, but every so often they do something wacky, mm-hmm. then, you know, we wonder what to do. You see, part of the problem is when we talk about things like a trickster is people involved in these fields, they're looking for something concrete they can talk to, they can touch it. So UFOs have to be solid craft because that makes sense. We see solid, what looks like solid craft in the sky. So it should be able to land here and it must be controlled by someone or something. So we make them physical whether or not they are physical. Because that's a way of coping with the reality. That's a really, really good point. And I believe that these phenomena have to be looked at at much more abstractly. And I like to take the example of mathematics. Well, mathematics is not concrete. It's all in the mind. You cannot go out in the real world and find a number. That's what you, you... A number is not something concrete. And I sometimes relate uh, the trickster to differential equations. Differential equations are mathematical equations that describe change. These are highly abstract equations, and you typically don't encounter these in high school, and most people don't even study them in college. But they describe change. Well, the trickster is often a change agent. You know, we have another change agent right here. Right now, it's a change agent that spreads information about products and services. And as you know, with a commercial radio show, we often have to break and give them their chance. They're not tricksters, I don't think. George Hansen's joining us. A lot more to talk about, by the way. He's got a really fascinating bio with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. 
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Some of the 2020 presidential candidates are campaigning in Des Moines, Iowa, greeting supporters at the annual Polk County Democrat Steak Fry. The organizers of the event say they will be grilling 10,000 steaks and 1,000 vegan burgers. Now, this all comes after earlier this week at a CNN climate change town hall, many of those same Democratic candidates were lecturing folks about eating less meat. The U.S. signed an agreement on Friday that sends illegal aliens seeking asylum at the U.S.-Mexico southern border to El Salvador, acting customs and border. Protection Commissioner Mark Morgan tells Fox News. We're going to continue to do what this administration has been doing, working with the government of Mexico, working with the Northern Triangle countries to build their capacity to address this as a regional crisis, and we're going to continue to build that wall. Every mile of wall that's built, the agents are safer, they can do their job better, and this country is safer. This is USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800 I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right. George Hansen, we're talking about tricksters trying to 
take something which is a very abstract concept in many ways and trying to bring it down to earth. And I don't know whether we really could, because I, I think it's easy when talking about something like this to put it in a way that most people will say, mm, I'm not interested in that. And they should be, right? Well, if they're going to study the paranormal, they're going to need to. Uh, otherwise, they're not going to make much progress. There is a certain amount of abstraction that is necessary to understand these phenomena. And if one simply thinks about the, the phenomena in concrete terms, one is likely to become a victim of the phenomena. Well, the thing, of well, course, is we want ghosts to be spirits of the dead. We want Bigfoot to be like a missing link. Things like that. And UFOs, again, solid craft from Zeta Reticuli or something. And I guess to some degree, that's something we're doing. On the other hand, even if that craft you see is real and it does come from outer space, it doesn't mean the individuals who might be piloting those spaceships aren't confronting a trickster kite thing, too. I would assume this is something universal, right? Well, the trickster certainly is a universal uh, figure. Uh, virtually all societies uh, in their myths and have uh, tricksters. So this is not something new. This is a very, very old idea. People for thousands of years have recognized this aspect of reality. Well, it's really interesting. And I, I think I get where you're going here. And of course, um, our former co-host, Christopher O'Brien, who I believe was the last co-host when you were on, he spoke very highly of you and wrote his own book about it as well, which is also very good. And we get talking about tricksters. We go beyond just the idea of the subjective versus the objective reality, because we're not just talking about the trickster as the root of the phenomena, but about the root of the phenomena being hidden behind another layer that we can't be sure exactly what it is. It might be an objective reality, say an alien with some sort of special cloaking suit that enables it to take on different forms and people actually therefore are seeing something real. But the idea then is that even if that's the case, what that alien would be doing or being or entity would be taking on the role of the trickster in that mythological sense that you're talking about. Does, have, am I on the right track there? Uh, you're on the right track, especially at the beginning, when you mentioned subjective and objective. And this is a very fundamental idea, that we can make that distinction between subjective and objective. And in fact, this is what the trickster, in a very abstract sense, deals with. The trickster says outright, you cannot clearly dis demarcate subjective and objective. And in fact, the research in parapsychology makes that very clear, that the experimenter who runs the experiment has an influence, whether they are aware of it or not. And this has been found in a number of studies. Uh, one is cannot completely disengage from the, the environment. One is always influencing the environment and other people around them. So the, in, for most types of scientific work, you can make that distinction fairly clear, and any kind of blurring between the subjective and objective has very little effect. 
it's negligible. But in parapsychology and in the paranormal fields in general, this is a key, what's called a binary opposition. Typically, we think one can be subjective or objective. This in-between area is what the trickster plays in. And it's this in-between area that is not easily conceptualized in our ordinary everyday reality. Well, it's like an actor. Like when we watch something on television and we get involved in a character, we're not looking at the actor anymore. We're looking at a, at a portrayal uh, that a is completely really, for, for fictitious. That's a really, really good example. In fact, there's a very interesting book, The Way of the Actor by Brian Bates. And at the very beginning, he starts talking out, talking about uh, psychic phenomena very early in the book. Uh, and yes, change when one takes upon a role, is one really oneself or is one becoming the character they are portraying? And in some cases, it's very, very difficult for uh, the actor to disengage from the character. So that's and. Bates talks about psychic phenomena very explicitly in the book, in the way of the actor. So this is recognized. And actors, I suspect, tend to have a little bit more of these abilities. They can change. They can sort of shapeshift more easily than others. Mediums are sort of the same way. They can take the role of whoever seems to be possessing them or whoever they're talking with in the spirit world. So this whole idea of actors taking on a different role is very a very wonderful example of what we're talking about. Well, we also have to look at actors will physically gain or lose weight for a specific character. Like Christian Bale was in a film called, I think, Machinist. He lost like right. 50 pounds, all right? And in fighting trim for Batman Begins, he was up like 210 or something like that. Then he ballooned himself to play... Dick Cheney. Ah. And, and this is one guy is a British actor, a Welshman. I mean, a brilliant actor and everything like that. I just think the toll it takes on your body. I mean, it's one thing where you bulk up a little bit because you're a superhero and you want to look the part, at least somewhat, because they stick reinforcements in the costumes to make them even bigger. We understand that, make it look realistic. But sometimes they get pretty crazy. Oh, yes. This is a wonderful example. And then some people even have difficulty disengaging from the character. Who are they for a while? There, there is this blurred identity, and that is highly characteristic of tricksters. Tricksters can move from one to the other. Sometimes they will get stuck in one character when they're trying to move into the other. But uh, this whole idea of ambivalence or ambiguity here is really very well illustrated with this, these examples. What are some sort of... Uh examples that we could go through like you know i guess maybe one of the most obvious that, that comes to mind for me is is the whole uh spring jack type character from it, it which may be an urban myth uh, i don't know but i swear i saw a guy that looked just like this character after the last time we were uh talking on the show about them like uh, after the last show that you were on i was out on my front walk and this guy just i swear he was in full costume at this pointy chin he didn't even look totally human just went by my front 
walk really quickly and disappeared off behind a hedge. And I thought that is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Had a cape on and the whole bit wasn't Halloween. I don't know why he was there. And so I went down to this just to see because I can see the whole block and there was just nobody there. Interesting. Uh, also, the trickster is associated with synchronicities. In fact, there's quite a good book, uh, uh, Synchronicity, Science, Myth, and the Trickster. So even, and tricksters are associated with divination procedures, which are also involved synchronicity. Uh, Right. So, So, I mean, you know, so there we were talking about it and I was into this on the show. I'm out there thinking, is that just synchronicity or did I help conjure up this whole thing somehow? Probably a little of both. You you can conjure up the synchronicity. You can conceptualize synchronicities as in almost many aspects of paranormal phenomena. ESP, for instance, could be considered a synchronicity. Uh, It just depends how you want to define the terms. And if you start analyzing very carefully, there is no real way of distinguishing is something ESP or synchronicity. This gets sort of into a technical argument, but it's never really been resolved in uh, parapsychology. We've got more to come with George Hansen, tricksters, parapsychology, lots more stuff to talk about. With Gene and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 92 
$1,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, The Gold Standard of Paranormal Radio. Yes, he's being taken over by the trickster, Randall. You see that? Now, the point I'm going to ask you here, George, to what degree can we take control of this force, or are we mostly the victims? Obviously, you're talking about sometimes at least taking control. Well, that's always an issue. I think most of the time the trickster in our society has relatively small influence. Our society is fairly, we live a fairly regulated life for most people. You, know, you get up at a certain time, you, you go to work at a certain time, you see the same people day after day. Uh, the trickster is more likely to manifest when uh, people are outside of their ordinary routine. Uh, when they are maybe on vacation or traveling someplace they've not been before, uh, where they're meeting different and new people. In fact, again, the book Synchronicity, Science, Myth, and the Trickster points out that synchronicities are more likely to occur during such periods. And that's certainly been my experience. When I'm in an ordinary workaday world, synchronicities are not so likely to happen, but when I'm traveling uh, or in a new location, more odd things happen. Well, tell us about some of them while while you're on this time. We'd like to hear some of uh, your personal experiences. Okay, well, I I have to sit down and think about that. I'm not that fast on my feet. Well, a couple of times, I've been over in Europe uh, just walking the streets, and I have run into people from my hometown. And I was over in Europe for a fairly short period of time. 
And I rarely, in when I, where I was living, I rarely ran into people who I knew. So those would be one example that I can think of just off the top of my head. Yeah, that uh, sort, of, sort of seems like it's beyond just mere coincidence, doesn't it? So when you're talking about synchronicity, there's a point where you maybe can't uh, differentiate between some sort of psychic phenomena like ESP and synchronicity. It's not, though, just coincidence. Because we could say, okay, well, I suppose that the universe could put coincidentally the idea of your friend coming into your, uh, you know, sphere of existence, and then it would happen, and it doesn't really mean anything. But doesn't synchronicity kind of imply something beyond that, some sort of uh, purpose or meaning? Yes. In fact, the definition includes a meaningful coincidence. So that is definitely a aspect. It's not coincidences. In, and again, you've got a bit of ambiguity. Well, who's imparting meaning to the the event? And it's the persons involved. And you can make again. It's a matter of interpretation, like in divination, when you throw the dice or use the whatever types of divination system you've got, the tarot cards or whatever, you've got to interpret. You have to read into this these physical items that are sort of randomly scattered or presented to you. And again, both the diviner and the person who is being divined for impart meaning into it. And it's sometimes very useful and very helpful, but it's difficult to determine that by an outsider. What about divining yeah. rods? Uh, I've used them. Um, and again, uh, I've walked across areas and sometimes the rods open up or close and uh, try to interpret, okay, there are pipelines here. In fact, I worked for a, a major engineering firm and I was out on a job site and one of the principals took a couple of welding rods, bent them and walked out and found uh, pipelines. So... Again, there's a sort of an interpretation that one has to impart, but one sometimes puts that in the mind. Okay, you want to find something, you use dowsing rods or a pendulum and try to get an answer. Uh, It may be largely in the mind of the person who is doing the dowsing, uh, and someone outside would not be sure just what was being indicated. Well, of course. Of course, you, okay, now, um, you are a member of the International Brotherhood of Magicians, and of course, we all know James Randi, who is also a magician, and he did one of his experiments where he invited several dowsers who claimed to be experts to locate these pipes that were in a, a particular location that was set up beforehand, and it Nobody was able to really provide any convincing evidence. So, so, so what's going on there then? That's a really good question. There, um, I, I don't know all the conditions of uh, Randy's experiment. I remember reading a brief account of it many, many years ago. We don't really know. Uh, are there certain types of circumstances in which uh, these uh, techniques uh, work effectively? Uh, and are there times when they don't? Um, I suspect that typically when we do experiments in the laboratory, we have a very small number of people involved, and we are pretty well focused on what we want to accomplish. Uh, When things are done in a larger 
public uh, venue uh, with lots of observers milling around and, and the like, uh, I would not expect uh, particularly strong results. Uh, in fact, I don't know of any really good cases like that. I suspect there has to be some type of joint intention to accomplish or uh, a goal or to determine a particular outcome. Uh, but large groups involved with uh, these kinds of testing do not seem to facilitate uh, positive results. So it has to be kind of a personal thing where you have the divining rod and you look for the water or whatever you're doing with it. And wouldn't that be also true with the Ouija board that only a small group of people are capable of using it at one time because of the size and shape of the board? I think that's part of it, and I don't think you'd want to you know, have 20 or 30 people in the room with you when you're using it, unless they're all pretty well committed to whatever is being attempted there. So I think there are times when it can be done with large groups, but fairly rarely. In earlier societies, certainly, uh, in, there are accounts of very major phenomena being reported. Um, but that's not in today's society, where, where in a small, small what, what one might term primitive uh, group, uh, there is a probably a very strong bond between the people, and they all have the general uh, idea of getting you know good things happen for their group, uh, and and that might be more conducive to uh, positive results. Well, okay, so you have done this yourself. And uh, obviously, if you're out working in the field and you're looking for a pipeline underground or some sort of a conduit, you're going to have people that you work with and they're probably going to be watching you. And you well, probably not, not, got not 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 in my experience. Uh, no, no. Uh, generally, that's done for uh, there may be a couple people, but generally not with uh, large numbers in my experience. Yeah, like, maybe like a handful from the crew or whatever you'd think. Uh, not, not necessarily. Uh, sometimes it's done before the crew gets there. Oh, interesting. I'm just thinking, in, in my experience, that's been the case. Okay, well, yeah, hey, yeah, uh, you're talking to another person who's done this. So I'm just kind of trying to compare experiences here. We're, we're just coming up to the break here soon, so maybe I'll pick up a little bit more on it after the break. But for people out there who were skeptical of the whole dowsing thing, it's okay to be skeptical, but I've seen some pretty interesting stuff myself when it comes to this. So I think there's something more to it. But isn't it true also that when people try to give a demonstration of their abilities and it doesn't work, they will say, well, there are too many skeptics in the audience and they are therefore interfering with the process. Or maybe, you know, it's an excuse. It's a fluke. Someone can do something and we don't know what it is, but it's a fluke. Even our old friend Jim Mosley was once, I think, doing it with cards where he knew what the next card was for a period of time. And then he lost the ability. But for that period of time, he knew what he's going to see. So perhaps he had a, an ability or something helped him out. We don't know. And then he was Jim Mosley again. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there is something to that. Uh, 
And I, I do think that when you have groups of people with conflicting influences and conflicting desires, the results will not be the same. Now, this is very, very difficult to fully test. In fact, there is something called the replicability problem within parapsychology. No question, repeating the results over and over has not really been fully achieved. Uh, yet, nevertheless, there are times when you get, and I've seen very, very striking results. We're going to have more of this in the next segment with George, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get the Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800 590 4930 That's 800-590-4930. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. George Hansen, is there any consistency of the type of experiments that bring positive results? Is it universally when too many people are around or what? Uh, well, at this point, I'm, it's rather difficult to say. Usually, to facilitate psychic functioning, some type of altered state of consciousness is often helpful. Uh, say in remote viewing, people tend to get a little more relaxed and kind of clear their minds. In the Gonsfeld state, uh, there's a slightly altered state of consciousness. In work on dream telepathy, of course, there's an altered state of consciousness with dreams. 
those types and when a small number of people are involved, maybe three or four in, in the experiment are on site, sometimes only a, a couple of people, uh, may be more likely to be more successful. Where did you learn? Like everybody seems to get taught by somebody else. So who taught you how to do the dowsing thing? And, and your method by the sounds of it was to use rods that were bent at probably a right angle or near right angle and then extend outward held in each hand that would uh, sort of move like a compass needle. Right, right. I learned, I, I took a course at what's called was called a free university in Kansas City, Missouri. We had probably 30 or 40 people in the class, if I, if I recall correctly. And it was during the time, it was in the 70s, the time of the psychic explosion. There was a huge popular interest all across the country in uh, these topics. And that's where I learned it. My father also claimed to be a dowser. Now, my mother wasn't really sure whether he was pulling her leg or not. But he did go out in the backyard. He didn't use uh, the, the rods, but he took a crowbar and it felt kind of shake over a particular location. And he started digging a well. Well, the neighbors sort of laughed at him, but he struck water. Uh, and there, was a, there were other people in the town uh, who were known to have that ability. So I was open to it, and I still think that there is something to it. I do, too. I learned from this old, I think he was a Polish guy, maybe Czechoslovakian, worked here for the city of Calgary, and I was with the electric system. And so he was one of these old country guys with a heavy accent. And I remember the first day going out with him, we were supposed to be digging up a cable. And he pulled these two bent wires, just made out of some rough copper wire, and went wandering out across the road with it and started walking from one side to the other. And then they crossed over each other. And right at the point where those two, uh, I guess you would call them dowsing rods, crossed over, he marked a chalk mark on the road. And that's where we dug. And we did that all bloody summer long. And he was never wrong. He showed me how to do it. And I wow. got pretty good at it. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely something to it. Well, my late mother-in-law, Helen, from my first marriage, she supposedly had a dowsing ability. But in terms of stuff, I hadn't gotten a chance to talk about this before. You mentioned tarot cards very briefly. And I knew somebody, a Wiccan who used tarot cards and one time i was going through a personal crisis and i went to her house and i had her do a reading she said you know what or actually i think she suggested it time blurs that regardless one of us suggested that this be done she did it and then she made a comment when i was thinking about my future i would be plying my trade and i took that to mean what I was doing there, unsuccessfully, I'd go somewhere else because I was deciding whether to go back to New York from Pennsylvania. I would do it there and be successful. And to that extent, it was right. But of course, I might have been reading too much into it. What do you think? Well, with those kinds of readings, one can always read into things. But generally, it, in my experience, it kind of helps you think in new ways. And I think that's valuable. You see connections there or ideas there that you might not have otherwise. So I think it kind of forces you out of your conventional ways of thinking 
and maybe some new ideas that are productive pop pop in. And it's perhaps for most people not too important just how it works, but that it does seem to help. Yeah, well, that's another thing I used to do in my teens was tarot cards. And uh, I, I was just under the impression that really all you needed to do was follow the instructions. And, you know, whatever came out was just going to be the way that it, it worked. And I started to get so many people wanting their fortunes read that I finally had to say, look, you know, I just I'm not going to do this anymore. I just don't have the time. Uh, people were willing to start paying me to do it. And uh, mm. I just said, you know, I just. I just, I didn't think it would be right for one thing just to take money for it. So I just said, well, you know, I've, I've decided not to do it anymore. It's just, it's uh, too draining and takes too much time. But again, like, uh, like Jean points out, it, uh, when I was doing it, there were far too many of these meaningful synchronicities within the interpretations of the cards to simply ignore them. I should mention one more thing. Okay. After the tarot card reading was done. I was sitting on her couch. I felt so exhausted. I lay down on the couch, didn't wake up for two hours. Mm. Now that's weird. Yeah. And I was saying to her at the time, maybe it was taking energy from me, which was her implication. But I didn't expect anything, nor go into that session expecting anything. I certainly was fairly wide awake that day. So why I suddenly felt weak and had to go to sleep, weird. Well, I would experience that after doing people's readings. I would be very tired and I would need to rest for a while. So there, I, you might be onto something there. It's, I think it, everything seems to take energy. Uh, so, right, George? So I guess yeah, if you're yeah. going to ex expend it, it, it's going to maybe, there's it, it, got to be a cost. So therefore, maybe she was taking my energy to fuel her tarot card reading? Well, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. But I do know a number of tarot readers and other diviners who do get quite tired uh, and just drained after activity in, in the paranormal areas. So that's not, not surprising to me at all. And you may have somehow participated in that divination scheme there even unconsciously and it may have drained energy from you for whatever reason we don't really understand that yet i did not go into this by the way with any belief system in tarot cards i just took it casually oh well mm -hmm. it's entertaining and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't i didn't seriously consider it i sure did after this mm -hmm. yeah you probably had a very good reader there or maybe the trickster decided to play a trick on me. Of course, when you say well, trickster, and then you think about the legends of Loki, what I thought was Tom Hiddleston from the Thor movies as being the trickster. Oh, okay. I oh, he does that so well. Yeah, he was very convincing. I'll give you one more thing, trivia. He also played in a movie, Hank Williams. The country really? singer, because if you look at his face with a different haircut, he looks similar. And he had to learn how to play the guitar, and he had to learn to sing. The movie didn't do so well, but I heard he was really, really good. Okay, I don't have any comment because I watch or see very, very few movies. 
uh, I'm, I'm not connected to uh, popular culture much at all, so I, I can't really comment. Yeah, Gene's our pop culture guy. He'll he'll just pop right in there with uh, something and just random. And uh, uh, it's just part of the show. We have a little fun with it. But uh, oh, well, okay then. But it, here's a connection. What about the MIB characters? I mean, I'm looking at your photograph. You're you are a classic MIB here, George. You've got the black jacket, the black tie, the white shirt. Uh, uh, you you've got a bit of color in your face though. So, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> You know, uh, they seem to, uh, you know, they appear and disappear and and are odd creatures with strange powers. You know, let's go into the MIB in the next segment. Of course, if he's a man in black, George, he's a galaxy protector. No, it's from the lyrics of the song. More to come with Gene Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. Exclusions apply. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can. Because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text DO11 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text DO11 to 350 350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's D O 11 to 350 Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637.
Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. The Galaxy Protector, by the way, the lyrics of the song from the first Men in Black movie written and performed by Will Smith. If you want to know where that came from. But then again, all right, you're dressed like a man in black. But George Hansen, we go back to the original legend, which began with Albert K. Bender. Not that there weren't things similar earlier, but it seemed to all start with Bender and with Gray Barker's book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, which was probably the last serious thing he did with regard to the subject, or except maybe the Silver Bridge, but that's another story. Do you see the men in black as being? real despite the implications they're less than real or some kind of psychic phenomenon well i don't know what to make of them but i certainly had uh, good friends uh, have uh, experienced men in black so i don't dismiss those at all i suspect that there at, at times there may be some government type agents involved there may be other characters who for whatever reason just show up I don't really have a good explanation for them, but they probably predate Bender by a long ways. Peter Rashevitz, who was a head of the liberal arts department at Juilliard, published, I think, a couple, two or three articles on men in black and compared them to sightings of uh, Lucifer and others in, in some folklore. Uh, so I think this is probably a phenomena that manifests in slightly different ways uh, for and has done so for quite a long time. Uh, the, the accounts are just too common to dismiss. Oh, but, yeah, sure. But, I mean, it goes all the way back to the Magi and, the, the, you know, the mythology of the birth of Jesus, where they, they literally followed a star that, or star-like object that came to hover over his birthplace. And then these three, you know, mysterious people dressed in these black robes that were like the Magi, mysterious people, show up, right? 
Well, yeah, but they weren't sinister in, in, at all. So, and there may be more cases like that. But in my readings, men in black generally are looked upon as somewhat sinister and threatening. And I've certainly had uh, some rather close friends have encounters with such. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's for me, they've come, they have appeared in my life as being related to religion. Actually, oh. I have people, they, they, they were claiming to be uh, some, somebody from the Mormons, but afterwards, I mean, it was their whole, the whole experience was really weird to begin with. Uh, they came in and they started going on about passages in the Bible that described stuff like golden robots and all kinds of really bizarre things. And this one guy was staring at me in a way I started to physically shake uh, mm. when they, when they left they got into this weird kind of K car with a black license plate and took off. And about three or four days later, the actual Mormons that were assigned to the neighborhood came by. And I said, well, why are you guys back? You know, like he said, well, we've never been here before. And they had never heard anything about these people. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't but, have much to comment on, but you no, know, it's a fascinating case. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I guess they can appear in all kinds of different forms. I mean, that's not the only time either. I mean, I don't want to go on too much about the things that have happened with me, but when it does happen, you got to kind of got to go, no, like Gene, it's not just some mythology thing, or if it is, and uh, maybe you can comment on this, George, do we have things in society that start out as kind of folklore or urban legend, but then take on a reality of their own? Uh, something like that, I suspect, does happen. I, you know, I don't think about those particular instances very much, so I, I can't come up with any cases off the top of my head. But I do think that expectation and belief and stories sometimes can, in some sense, manifest in the world uh, in some surprisingly and sort of alarming ways. Our thoughts may have a certain amount of independence. Uh, now, that's pretty vague, but I don't dismiss those general kind of ideas. Well, well, see, because, you know, I'm asking that because it seems like the phenomena, whether it's ghosts or UFOs or other some other type of, of phenomena, cryptids or whatever, it seems to mirror, the phenomena seems to mirror the experience of the experiencer. Oh, yeah, it mirrors the experience and expectations. And especially if there's fear. Uh, the phenomena can turn rather dark and threatening. That's what John uh, so Keel was saying to run is an invitation to be chased. Good example. Very good example. Now, earlier you mentioned you knew people who had men in black encounters. And maybe we can spend a few minutes going over those, the ones that maybe are most compelling. Well, uh, some of those are told to me in confidence, so I'm not going to be discussing them. No, we don't have to mention names. We can change places and names and just say, well, you know, in this instance, this person was doing this or that, and this is what happened. Or is would that be even be too? You know, the, these are not ideas or, or examples I, I normally talk about, and I'm not, you know, I, I don't write about them. So I, I generally uh, talk about things that, you know, I've thought about quite a bit because I don't want to waste your listeners' time. Oh, okay. Well, well, uh, let's get us back on track then. Where would you like to go with uh, um, our next uh, topic here? 
Well, I, I asked you for the themes you'd like to talk about, and I got oh, no response. Uh, yeah, you know, this really did come up quite quickly, and uh, thanks for coming on. I guess one of the things I can that I'm thinking of here is um, we've been through something like Spring Heel Jack. We've touched on the MIB. How about the idea of a, the doppelganger or the Vordogger then? Uh, yeah, I have not had that kind of experience, but uh, that is reported cross-culturally. Uh, I don't have too much. I've never written on that, uh, but it's certainly, and I've really not thought about it. And I don't really see that as having strong manifestations of the trickster. Uh, it may, I, I may just not have know enough of the phenomenology of it. Uh, but, uh, it doesn't, it does not have any i don't think i've ever written about that and i don't think i've ever lectured on that it does seem to fall into the general sort of tricksterish category though you know where if you've ever experienced someone say well you know i thought i i swear i saw you over at the store and you're going like no i'm i never went out today or whatever the case may be well, the trickster, trickster does not uh, it, it's not useful for all areas of the phenomena uh, you know, it, it may give you some insight, but there are areas uh, where it is much more manifest. Uh, for instance, if you look at uh, groups, one one of the characteristics of the trickster is what's called liminality, and that takes a bit of time going into. But if you look at the groups that are involved in these phenomena and pursue them, there the trickster makes much uh, a more impact. For instance, those groups almost never effectively institutionalize. They're all, all, always off on the margins. They get very little respect. They're laughed at. They can be dismissed easily. And I'm sure you know this yourself. You know what? Let's do a break here and go on to the tricksters that get no respect, no respect at all. George, you know what that comes from. George Hansen, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the Alt-Left Sanctuary State until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Lawmakers are reacting to accusations claiming President Trump requested Ukraine's president investigate Joe Biden's son. Florida Republican Representative Matt Goetz says he doesn't see any malicious intent. 
I don't have any worries about the president. I understand kind of how he talks and the colloquial way he talks. And I know that in all of his engagements with foreign leaders, he's representing our country and our best interests. The U.S. signed an agreement on Friday that sends illegal aliens seeking asylum at the U.S.-Mexico southern border to El Salvador. Acting Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Mark Morgan tells Fox News, We're going to continue to do what this administration has been doing, working with the government of Mexico, working with the Northern Triangle countries to build their capacity to address this as a regional crisis, and we're going to continue to build that wall. Every mile of wall that's built, the agents are safer, they can do their job better, and this country is safer. This is USA Radio news. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS and you cannot afford to make payments to the IRS, you may qualify for the CNC tax program. This is a new program, and if you qualify, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Once you're accepted into this program, the IRS is forced to stop all harassing collection activities. No threatening phone calls, no wage garnishments, no bank levies, and no more monthly payments to the IRS. Get ready to write this number down. It's the most important number you'll ever need to end your IRS tax nightmare. Call Paramount Tax Relief at 800-547-4804 for a free confidential consultation to find out if you qualify for the CNC tax program. Once you are accepted into the CNC tax program, you won't make any payments to the IRS while in this program. Call Paramount Tax Relief now at 800-547-4804. That's 800-547-4804. Again, 800-547-4804. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, about the tricksters that get no respect, George Hansen. Go on with your information. Well, the, the tricksters are, are generally sort of marginal characters. They're sort of looked down upon. They're looked upon as a little bit untrustworthy and something you don't most people don't want to have a lot to do with. You know, they can be fun at parties and a few places, but for real serious stuff, no, you just generally prefer not to have them around. And, and this is the same way with the paranormal groups. You, you know, I've been involved with any number of paranormal groups for nearly all my adult life. And they generally, you know, you don't find courses in parapsychology in many universities. In fact, there are virtually almost none that offer it. Same with the UFO research. You find almost no universities that offer any courses in that at all. It just doesn't merit 
the attention of the academic world, uh, nor does it merit much attention in the business world. There are a few places where you find interest in, in UFOs, in the aerospace industry, in the intelligence community, but by and large, they keep that very, very low profile. Robert Bigelow might be one example to the contrary, but by and large, most people don't really want to talk about it. And so it is viewed as as something suitable for the entertainment industry, where you can think about it and play with the ideas and laugh about it. Uh, But for it to take the ideas really seriously, well, you generally don't find that. And I'm sure you've encountered that Uh, if you... I want if you anyone who ever wanted to do a master's or doctoral project on these phenomena is probably going to be pretty well discouraged in pursuing that. So that would be one example of how the trickster is received in the real world. Well, it is opening up a little bit more now, I think, especially with what's been going on with that to the Stars Academy thing. If you've been following some of that. Oh. Oh, oh, yes, I have. And no, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think it's opening up at all. In fact, it's getting worse. Uh, I don't know uh, if you've if you've looked at Jacques Vallée's Forbidden Science, Volume Four, uh, but it's a very, very interesting volume. It covers the years 1990 to year 2000. Well, one of the people who's mentioned in there is Kit Green, who's a medical doctor associated with the CIA. Well, Jacques Vallée really questions how reliable uh, Kit Green is. Well, Kit Green has played a very prominent role in the last few weeks, appearing on uh, some interview with Richard Dolan, for instance. Can you, we really trust what what's, we're getting from uh, To the Stars Academy? I don't think so. You've got other people in the CIA coming out and claiming that there's nothing to this. It's getting more and more comp- complicated and more and more difficult to tell who you can trust. Well, there's this report that came out, and John Greenwald of the Black Vault was one of the people who brought it to the public's attention, that one, the only Louis Elizondo, was a government employee in the area in which this UFO project was conducted, but he wasn't the head of that project, which seems to be a big deal. And that's become a separate issue in and of itself. Well, it's it's sort of symptomatic of the whole field. We're not getting straight answers. uh, And we're we're not sure who in there we can trust. And I think Volet makes that case very, very strongly. So, you know, with the... uh, the Walker and Green, um, the uh, documents that came out a, a month or two ago, who knows what we can trust that's coming out? And is Elizondo trustworthy? Uh, I suspect, you know, he was involved somehow, but do we really know what his role was? Well, that's really up in the air, it seems to me. Yeah, but the thing we worry about, too, is if he misrepresents himself about what he did. Mm-hmm. Once he does that, he makes anything he says suspect. You know, it's just like somebody who fakes a degree. They did real work, but the degree being faked, that's the end of people like Phil and Brogno. Once we learned he was faking his credentials, it didn't matter that he wrote a book with Dr. J. Allen Hynek that probably was a credible book. Whatever he Mm -hmm. did, you throw out the window. Yeah. What's going on with this? This, the whole... TTSAAS is a very, very interesting phenomenon. But can you believe what they're putting out? 
I'm quite skeptical at this point. Oh, you should be. You definitely should. I I agree with you with that. I mean, we can just, all we have to do is point to the Mylar balloon they had on their big screen in the background and that that was supposed to be a UFO. I mean, they didn't really prepare it all that well. I think they're well-intentioned. Elizondo seems to have some legitimate credentials along with Christopher Mellon, who definitely has some legitimate credentials. And then when you get talking about the Nimitz encounters that they were related to and pilots like David Fravor, you've definitely got indisputable credentials there from people who were up in the air in, I believe they were F-18s off a carrier group. So that's getting harder and harder to just dismiss as nonsense. Well, well, I basically agree with that. But when you have top people like Kit Green or Louis Elizondo, whose credibility is being called into very serious question, I think that muddies the water far more. And one has to be extremely skeptical. And I do not see the academic world getting more interested in this. I see the... uh, major UFO organizations as in disorder as as they've ever been. Uh, there is no consensus as to what actually has been happening and who is behind all this uh, uh, revelations. The New York Times and the Washington Post seem to be simply voice boxes for the intelligence community. They have undertaken no critical examination of the claims. That surprises me because you never expect the New York Times although it makes mistakes, or the Washington Post to buy this, to buy into this. But they did. Yeah, totally. They are doing no independent investigative journalism. You see articles in European papers questioning them, but uh, no, the mainstream media in this country is not. So I don't see any real progress being made. It's being uh, more tricksterish all the time. And it's interesting here, people like Elizondo, but even Nick Pope, Leslie Kane, who's closely associated with the To the Stars Academy in terms of writing the stories with other people, they appear on different TV, cable TV shows, but they cover both ends of the spectrum, like a CNN and a Fox News. And what surprises me is like a Tucker Carlson at Fox News, who yells at everybody with a contrary point of view, treats this seriously. And then you have people on CNN treats them seriously. It's strange because in the past we didn't have that. No, but you don't, you never see the mainstream media actually delving into the phenomena in a scientific or scholarly or even highly critical manner. You know, real credential people looking at it. You don't. If you look at the people who wrote the New York Times stories, well, they were mentioned in the Podesta email. Okay, yeah. Uh, just before we lost you there on the on the line, uh, you were about to tell us about uh, John Podesta. Oh, okay. I don't know where. Uh, I you mentioned this to... was in John Podesta's emails, the ones that were hacked. Oh yes, yeah. In those emails, the names of the reporters who were going to do the articles on UFOs were there about three years in the Podesta emails before the articles were appeared in the New York Times. Right. So this had, had some planning. Uh, it didn't just all of a sudden appear. That's right. And uh, obviously, if these people were involved, they had plenty of time to do some in-depth investigative reporting, which they did not. 
Well, you know, there's a problem here, too, George, and we're going to break in a minute. The problem is here is that the mainstream media does very, very little investigative journalism. They do some. There are Pulitzer Prizes being awarded, but it doesn't happen very often. And part of the reason or the major reason, other than maybe people would be bored by some of those stories, is they no longer have the funds to spend because... Incomes are down. Advertising is down. Let me do the break here. George Hansen, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... 
take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management Hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Hey, everyone. Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new Charcoal Pore Cleansing Brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. You heard right, Proactive MD, plus free shipping and a free gift, the new Charcoal Pore Cleansing Brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear, or you get your money back. Call now, 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. Again, go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. I was commenting to George Hansen about the lack of investigative journalism, the rarity. George? Well, certainly they had plenty of time to do investigative journalism, even if it were some cursory questioning. You look at uh, contact John Greenwald. He could have asked all sorts of questions. I mean, uh, European newspapers had far sharper insights and commentary on uh, the whole Expose, exposition that TTS, AAS put out. So, no, I, I don't take that at all. No, this was simply as a mouthpiece. These people are simply adding more ambiguity. There are plenty of simple questions that they could have asked Louis Elizondo. They did not. They did not verify his employment. Why not? Well, I think they verified that he had some credentials and that he was involved with the program. And yes, but he claimed then he they took, it. then they seem to have taken his word for some other things that were just assumed to be correct. Well, why did they assume that? Obviously, well, John Greenwald had a lot better intuition about what kinds of questions to ask. And they had years. This had been planned for years. I'm interested in John Podesta's involvement here. Of course, we know he's close to the Clintons and the Obamas, and he's expressed his interest in UFOs before and, I guess, encouraged Hillary Clinton during the 2016 campaign to speak positively of getting to the bottom of it. But I wonder, even then, were they planning something? What would have happened had she been elected? Would that be something that would be forgotten or what? Who knows? I can't, I can't know that, and I don't think most people have any idea what might be planned. It's just Why the fact we- that we have John Podesta dealing with this, knowing or helping in the planning of this stuff before it really happened, and what's mm-hmm. going on there. Right. No, it, it's very ambiguous. Again, it's very, very trickster. We can't know. There is deception being undertaken here. No question about that. They are covering up. They don't want us to know. 
Well, it sounds here, though, this is being done by willing participants. They're not being encouraged. They're doing it for some reason. And with the To The Stars Academy, you know, I could look on the surface and say, okay, they're trying to raise money. It's a money-making operation. And Luis Elizondo, when he's working for the government, didn't get a big salary. So here he has the promise of riches. And the other people, despite having some interesting credentials, other than, other than that rock star, okay, Tom DeLonge, who was supposedly worth millions of dollars, the rest are not rich if this could be done to use UFOs as a gauge or as a technique or a dodge to get investors, can it be about that? Or is there some sinister motive? I think there is some other motive uh, that I don't know, but it makes no sense to start a company and merge a rock star, put a rock star's head of it and expecting to get the money for scientific research or technological development. That makes no sense. So you point to one example where you get put a rock star in front uh, as the top man in, in a technology company. Seeking investments. No, I don't know what's going on here. But again, these kinds of questions are not being asked by the mainstream media and not really being asked by most ufologists. Okay, I suppose Tom Schultz from Boston might be an exception, but he had, I think, an electronics degree and and actually started making real electronics for the musical entertainment industry and that that type of thing. But but this, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, his his credentials were I played in a band and I read all the same books as everyone else. I mean, he's not the first rock star to have interest in UFOs. There were quite a few. The late Reg Presley from the Trogs, you know, Wild Thing. He wrote a book with crop circles and UFOs a few years before he died. So, we, of course, we have the, the famous or infamous sighting from John Lennon in the 1970s. So we know people who are in rock and roll, musicians, artists in general, have interests, but that doesn't make them credible. Well, rock stars, uh, you know, Mike Gluckman's book uh, on rock stars, I forget the exact title, but yes, there, there are a lot of people in the rock industry that have had uh, UFO and other paranormal experiences. But if you are serious about raising money for technology you don't involve those kinds of people the question is to the people who you want to invest in this organization would they even know who tom DeLong or bling 182 are i barely know who they are if paul mccartney headed it up we'd know if you were doing your due diligence no you would find out who was heading it up Exactly. I mean, anyone who's doing due diligence, yes, and you find out someone like that is heading the company, no, I would not invest. I think it's a joke. I don't know what they're trying to pull, but I certainly can't take them seriously. And the question I wonder about here is, why aren't we hearing more skepticism? Because that's the nature of the trickster. These phenomena, and most people involved in these areas, don't want to raise and ask hard questions. You look historically, that's, those are not asked. People like John Keel or Jacques Vallée ask hard questions. Most people don't want to listen to that. 
Well, that's I guess it depends on, on where you are, but but we do here. That's one of the things we do on the Paracast. We do ask questions when you say, well, why is that the case? Or how do you know that? And that's why it's good to have a guest like you on where we can talk about that because uh, there are places where they wouldn't even get into this conversation. As soon as we start saying, well, you know, why should we believe this person or that person? Then all of a sudden we become the enemy. And we've been accused of being too skeptical by more mm-hmm. than one group out there. So Sure, sure. You know, that's that's been my experience as well. You know, many people think I'm, you know, a complete skeptic on all this. And no, I'm not, but that's but that's the nature of this. These these issues are very polarizing. That's one of the qualities of this these phenomena. These phenomena are highly ambiguous. That's another trickster quality. This is the nature of what we're dealing with. We have to look at it from this abstract standpoint. Can we at all think here what's going to happen to this to the Stars Academy? Will it bring some publicity stunt every few months? Will something happen? Or will maybe a year from now it will fade out? Another also ran. Well, I have no idea what's going to happen. People have agendas, and I cannot predict what those agendas are or will be. But it's... As, as it's playing out, it's highly ambiguous. It's quite dubious. Uh, it's not met its projections. It seems to be failing, uh, at least on the surface. Maybe they have a different agenda. I don't know. But they don't seem to be flourishing. And I certainly do not see any more openness to these phenomena in the academic world or in the scientific world. So it's, it's basically accomplishing nothing in the way we want something to be accomplished. It's just maybe generating some degree of interest. Of course, there's this Gallup poll that came out recently saying that a third of the people in the U.S. believed UFOs were spaceships. But if you look at the Gallup polls taken 10, 20, 30 years ago, that number varies a little bit, but it's pretty consistent. Okay, but you don't see any uh, serious research being done. Absolutely not. It's just a poll. And obviously the poll had no impact every other time it was taken, except for getting, you know, a small amount of publicity. Oh, this is the time that we're going to discover the truth behind the UFOs. Sure, right, never happens. Absolutely well, not. I, well, I guess yeah. there, there is, I can think of an exception. But, but this is interesting because what we're talking about with this exception is the cultural side of things. I think there's a huge cultural element to ufology. And as a matter of fact, I think it's the largest part of ufology as a whole. What you're talking about, George, is the the hard science and, say, lab work, I think is a very small part of it and barely exists because we simply don't have the material evidence, scientifically valid material evidence, to actually do that kind of work. So the rest of it becomes cultural. And one of the guests that we've had on, Uh, is Professor Paul Kingsbury from Simon Fraser University, and he's a cultural geographer. And he's uh, studying this phenomena and other uh, psi phenomena uh, from an academic perspective and, and looks at it very much as a cultural phenomena, but is at least looking at it academically. You know, we're going to talk more about this in the next segment, about UFOs. Can we take it seriously? What's going on here? And maybe what we consider to be a renewed interest in UFOs is nothing more than a flash in the pan. And we've had so many flashes in the pan, the pan's about to blow up. 
George Hansen, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy, you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. When you have a pain in the neck, a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes. See Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products start at under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, Randall, you were in the middle of mentioning, of course, Paul Kingsbury, who really participated in a great episode of the show. Go ahead. Right. And he's from this uh, scientific coalition for ufology, or I guess in this case, unexplained aerial phenomena. So there are people who are making an attempt. Uh, He's one that's doing a pretty good job so far. Okay. But SCU was started, what, within the last two or three years? They're fairly new, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they're a bunch of really old guys, and I think they're almost all white old guys. And I don't (laughs) see that. uh, It doesn't look to me like this is going to be a viable organization long term. I hope I'm wrong. But we see these organizations pop up. Let's see if it has any legs. I'm I'm quite skeptical. Of course, we are all old white guys here. Yes. Just just saying. But we, we are not. There is no real... And that's very much an 
uh, a membership, uh, a volunteer organization. It has very limited funding. It is not institutionalized to any great degree at all. If you look historically, these things don't last. And if they do, like MUFON, they are quite disreputable. Okay, MUFON, let's just mention that. We've talked about MUFON, plus, minus, pro, con. You call them disreputable. Is that because they're trying to get too much involved in selling UFOs with different events that bring in people who are willing to pay and fill the seats? Well, that's part of it. They're also very racist at the very top of the organization. Anyone who followed the John Ventry scandal should realize that. Ventry is still organizing UFO conferences, MUFON conferences. I thought he kind of faded out here after he he, posted that stuff on Facebook. No, he is still active and he is still organizing conferences in Pennsylvania. His name does not appear, but his logo does. And he is involved. I know people who have taken part in those conferences and report, yes, Ventry is very much involved. Well, okay. Let's let's um, let, let's now, talk about maybe that? more about how it should be done. Because you, according to your bio here, you participated in uh, sci research at uh, laboratories in Princeton and New Jersey. So, you know, how should we be going about doing this? I'm not giving any recommendations on that. I'm just saying what is the fact that that you do not see this effectively in the academic world or in the scientific world is a trickster phenomenon. It is marginalized. I am not giving recommendations on how to undertake that. You know, I've got ideas myself, but that would be far, far uh, too involved to present in any kind of program like this. Overall, these phenomena still remain highly disrespected. They are looked upon as a joke, and it remains that way. And the people who are involved and who are front and center uh, like uh, TTS, AAS, are pretty much carrying on that tradition. Is it a function of an organization like that to draw people's attention away from something else? Well, that may be the effective uh, uh, function. I don't know what their intent is myself, and I, I don't know if anyone knows that for sure. We don't uh, know what the something else is, of course. We can only no, speculate. Yeah, it is run essentially by the intelligence community, and it's very difficult to know what uh, their agendas are, and I suspect there are many, or several at least, agendas with that. Isn't it worth a little speculation here? I mean, why would intelligence agencies want to focus people's attention on investigating UFOs with the assumption that's E.T., that E.T. is responsible, because that's the general opinion? Why would they do that? You said you had some ideas. How about mentioning a few? Okay, well, I'm a big fan of James Carrion. And Carrion pointed out that earlier on, uh, some of the UFO stuff was used to break break Russian code. Now, no one would come up with that idea in, in speculation. So I think speculation is not too useful here. You have to look at the overall properties of the overall characteristics of the phenomena. One is ambiguity, deception, and uh, unreliability, etc. I think it's probably useless to speculate about what they are intending to do, because I don't think anyone would have suggested that uh, the UFOs were used to break Russian code. Carrion's work is very, very important, and it is largely ignored within the UFO community. When he came out with the Rosetta Deception about the ghost rockets in World War II, 
I mean, it was heavily disputed by people, and they would cite chapter and verse. Maybe he got a few details wrong. He finally decided to just give the book away, a free download, which is very interesting. Then there was a book that he was coming out with, The Roswell Deception, and I haven't heard from Carry On since. He was on the Paracast, and we were going to talk about the other book, but unfortunately, it never came to be. Have you been in touch with him? I have not, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think I've even ever met him or even spoken with him. Uh, but his work is very important. It's interesting Again. that you should mention this Russian connection, because uh, not long ago we had Nick Redfern on. Of course, I'm sure you know him. And uh, he did do some freedom of information digging around and came up with some connections uh, between ufology culture and the Cold War, where Russia and the United States did have did, did use ufology as sort of a, a staging ground for their spy versus spy uh, mm-hmm. shenanigans. So, so there, there's probably some truth in that. I don't doubt that at all. I suspect that that would be an ideal venue uh, for spycraft. Well, certainly UFOs could be used as an excuse to hide information about secret weapons, about aircraft tests. Oh, it's just a flying saucer. Let's create a few false flying saucer sightings, because then most people will say, oh, it just lights in the sky. Who cares? They'll take the pictures. And what might be happening beneath the surface, we don't know about. Yeah, there's a lot of other agendas I could uh, suggest as well. Sure. Uh, uh, just the nature of the groups uh, make it uh, make them very useful in that area. Uh, the nature of the groups are liminal. Uh, they mix lots of different kinds of people. They open doors are open to people in certain ways that would not otherwise be when you enter into these areas. Uh, so I, th- I suspect the intelligence community understands that very well. Again, these are abstract qualities. If you start thinking too concretely, you won't see the patterns. What about the case where maybe, you know, it was sort of sticking on the theme of the um, spy versus spy thing. Like we ha- we've had John Alexander on, and uh, he talks about how it could be used in uh, psyops operations. And then mm-hmm. uh, we get, we touch on sort of the uh, things like sort of the Skinwalker Ranch, where maybe, you know, this is just a theory that people have thrown out there that really maybe they're using this as a staging ground for some of their psyops stuff because of all the weird stuff that goes on there that's very tricksterish like. Could be. I, I don't know enough about the uh, Nig- Nids and Bigelow research out there. Uh, but there are lots of things that they could be used for. Uh, but I do take the phenomena quite seriously, and there certainly are other accounts and other cultures of things rather like this. And segueing back to the two of the Stars Academy, let's remember that former Senator Reed, when he was the Senate Majority Leader, he got this funding, and the funding was funneled to one of his supporters and friends, Bob Bigelow, of course, therefore, it's being buried. What is Bob Bigelow up to? We never know, because he keeps it to himself, except admitting on 60 Minutes that he believes there are aliens out there, but of course, he won't be specific about what might be going on. 
I mean, this is an interesting kind of speculation as to why this would happen. Why give this guy money? He's a rich guy. $22 million to a Bob Bigelow is like if I gave you a dime. You know, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing to him. So what was the purpose of this investigation? Why couldn't he do it himself and finance it himself? Why did that need to happen? What a strange group of questions. George Hansen opening lots of frontiers here for further exploration with Gene Steinberg. Jay Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Warning! If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-976-1460. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. 
Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-976-1460. That's 1-800-976-1460. 1-800-976-1460. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So I threw in the speculation about Bob Bigelow and this Pentagon UFO study and giving Bob Bigelow at least some or all of this $22 million. And that doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I don't think it's unreasonable to give Bigelow that kind of money. He had had a long-term interest. He had run uh, and funded NIDS for quite some number of years. Uh, if uh, I was in the government and wanted to look for an outside contractor to do some research, I think Bigelow would be one of the very top people I'd consider. But is he doing UFO research or is he doing something else? Well, he may be doing a variety of things. Uh, you know, the defense contractors uh, do a whole bunch of different things. And I, I would certainly think Bigelow would merit serious consideration. He certainly had contacts at very high levels in the scientific community that were involved in these types of uh, areas. So it makes perfect sense to go to Big O. He would probably be the, one of the top people. Now, he certainly wasn't first. James S. McDonald, McDonald Douglas Aircraft, also was a very big funder in this area and had a very long-term interest in the UFO and the psychic areas. So this is no, no big surprise that someone in the aerospace industry would be involved in this. But, you know, it seems that they're not immune from the whole phenomena either. Because when oh, for sure. You know, because with the, even all of their money and uh, resources, they still haven't got it figured out either. Uh, they may have some data that's useful, but yes, uh, this is an ongoing area of research. And yes, mistakes will be made. There will be false uh, false leads and the like, but at least they are doing something. And, you know, I, I'm not really a critic of what Bigelow has done. I do wish it was more open, but uh, given the nature of the phenomena, I can understand why uh, he might hold it quite close to his chest. Uh, but I, I do think open research would be a better way to go. Oh, yeah, no question. But uh, that gets pretty difficult. I guess that kind of begs the question, too. Like, do you think anybody really knows what's really going on? Like, we can assume... Like, as you suggest that, well, with all of their resources, there, there's got to be departments in the military with all of their detection and so on, where they have more data points than us. But do, do you think they've really got an answer? Like, they could say, oh, yes, definitively, they're interstellar. They come from, uh, you know, star system, whatever the case may be. 
No, I, I don't think so. Uh, I think the nature of these phenomena are inherently disruptive to bureaucratic organizations and to ordinary rational ways of thinking. I think these phenomena are highly subversive to that. Uh, they may realize that the phenomena are quite dangerous to uh, cultural organization and societal structure, uh, but they don't really know how to handle it very well. Uh, I think these phenomena have far deeper implications and effects than most people in, who are dealing with them uh, tend to realize. How so? Well, uh, give you an example. Uh, when the Berlin Wall fell and the collapse of communism happened all over Eastern Europe, there was a huge upsurge of interest in the paranormal, and many more paranormal phenomena were reported. When you see outbursts of the phenomena and extraordinary levels of popular interest, you see some type of cultural shift. You saw that in the 60s and 70s with the Vietnam War protests, Watergate. Uh, there was a distrust of the ordinary structures of society, the government and the like. And you saw kind of a, a change in values. Uh, society was a little bit not so stable anymore. I think we're going through a period like that right now. And I think uh, perhaps the UFO phenomena and this interest in the phenomena is some type of symptom. And I've got a number of, you know, I go into this at length in some of my lectures. But I think that what we're seeing is some kind of cultural shift. You've got high degrees of political polarization. You've got uh, high degrees of dissatisfaction. Uh, and if you look at the academic work on postmodern theory and cultural change, I think uh, something is happening that we don't really understand. I don't think it's an accident that we're seeing this upsurge in the publications on and popular interest in the UFO phenomena. These things have cultural influences that act on an unconscious level. And I don't believe that the government agencies are fully in a position to understand that. Maybe they are with big data and social forecasting. Perhaps they've come across something, but I'm a little skeptical of that, but it could happen. I don't think looking at these phenomena from like a nuts and bolts or where they're from uh, is likely to be productive. I think these phenomena emerge from unconscious processes of society, and I don't think most sociologists or anthropologists or other social sciences have any clue of that at all. So the fact that we have a third of the people in this country believing that they're aliens, most UFO researchers, so-called, are looking for spaceships. So aren't we kind of oddballs here? I don't know that that's true. Uh, I, I think that there are many more people who take an interdimensional view. I think the, if you look at the major organizations uh, like MUFON and maybe QFOS and the old organizations, the, the old white guys still look for nuts and bolts craft. Most people in the, that attend the local meetings are much more interested in psychic phenomena and talking to spirits and talking to aliens and the like. I think you've got an elite that's out of touch, 
Uh, just like in this country, I think the elite, the elite or the top people in ufology are completely out of touch with the experiences and the interest of most people uh, who follow these phenomena. There you go again. We have the phenomena mirroring the worldview of the experiencer. Uh, I don't think so. So if it's old white guys, if it's old white guys, they see uh, silver metallic discs. If it's the younger generation, they see something from another potential parallel universe. If it's a psychic person, they consider it as some sort of psychic manifestation. No. uh, If you look at the organizations, though, the structure of the organization, if you look at where you've got a hierarchical structure, say MUFON, for instance, with their various levels of membership and uh, state directors and the like, you see a particularly uh, mechanistic, materialistic type of explanation generally being proposed. Right, yeah, they're, they're spaceship people, nuts and bolts people for the most part. Yeah. Of course, they're hanging out the flags for E.T., like in the movie Independence Day, when the spaceships were overhead planning the attack. There were people on the top of buildings saying, boy, you know, maybe they'll bring back Elvis or something. You know, people were looking at it in a way. This is a party. This is fun. We're going to have E.T. come down here and they're going to show us good stuff. And it's going to be like Klaatu in the day the Earth stood still. Of course, we forgot about Gort, the robot. Anyway, George, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Some of the 2020 presidential candidates are campaigning in Des Moines, Iowa, greeting supporters at the annual Polk County Democrat Steak Fry. The organizers of the event say they will be grilling 10,000 steaks and 1,000 vegan burgers. Now, this all comes after earlier this week at a CNN climate change town hall. Many of those same Democratic candidates were lecturing folks about eating less meat. The U.S. signed an agreement on Friday that sends illegal aliens seeking asylum at the U.S.-Mexico southern border to El Salvador. Acting Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Mark Morgan tells Fox News. We're going to continue to do what this administration has been doing, working with the government of Mexico, working with 
with the Northern Triangle countries to build their capacity to address this as a regional crisis, and we're going to continue to build that wall. Every mile of wall that's built, the agents are safer, they can do their job better, and this country is safer. This is USA Radio News. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290 What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores, building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Let me throw another issue out with regard to UFOs, probably not connected to many of us, but some people feel it is George Hansen. Abductions. What's your take on it? Uh, I take abductions very, very seriously. I've known uh, at least scores of abductees. These phenomena have very profound impacts on people's uh, personal lives and their relationships. They strike me as having some parallels with shamanic uh, experiences. So I take those phenomena quite seriously. They don't fit too well in some types of paradigms, but uh, if we ignore these, I think we're missing uh, quite an important aspect of the phenomena. Right, but there's also a paranoiac aspect to this, and you know the people we're talking about. They suggest that millions of people have been quote-unquote abducted. They are physical beings from other worlds doing this for reasons best known to themselves. One person that we can name or not name believes they're creating a race of hybrids for a silent takeover, which to me is the stuff of really nice sci-fi movie. 
although I think they've covered that already. So we have that group of people. It's physical. There, we got to cope with it. And then we have people like our friend Red Pill Junkie who writes that near-death experiences and abductions, they share characteristics, many. Well, they do. There's no question about that. Uh, now, are they fully physical? I'm not sure what the word physical means in this case, but I, I don't conceptualize them as nuts and bolts craft with flesh and blood type of aliens coming down. I think there is some other aspect of reality that we do not really comprehend. That's what much of my work is about. Uh, and that is called a liminal realm. I can't go into that at this point. Uh, I usually use a lot of diagrams to explain that. But there are qualities of this middle realm between the physical and the mental, the subjective and objective. And these qualities have been understood by earlier uh, civilizations and earlier peoples, but we have largely lost that. That's always been viewed as a dangerous area. It's been surrounded by uh, taboos and rituals. We poo-poo rituals. We denigrate them. We don't think they're serious. Actually, they are very important. We have lost that. This middle realm where these, this ambiguity lies uh, has always been taken care of by a special class of people, the shamans, the priests, and, and the like. That is outside of our worldview now, and I think we are, are suffering the consequences of ignoring that. That is the trickster's realm. Again, this is not something that is comprehended by most people. But if you look at earlier cultures and their myths and their rituals, there is anthropological theory that addresses this very effectively. People today have largely uh, ignored that, especially in the academic world. Oh, yeah. I think there's a, a real strong movement towards a humanist view. But there's also a lot of uh, strong support for religion. And when you get into their mythology, if and, uh, you know, forgive me for calling it that, I'm, I, I think it, it may have some grains of truth that in terms of the political and climate of the times and some of the geography and the and characters in history that we're aware of. But when we get talking about an alternative realm, a different place, another level of existence where people can go after this particular existence or before or where other gods exist, there's a lot of people that still believe that. And when we get talking about some place in between, like liminal, well, we've got this whole concept of purgatory. It's not even, it's not between, it's not this world, it's not heaven, it's some other place in between. Uh, people don't really take it seriously. They may give it lip service, they may discuss it, but they don't really take it seriously and investigate it because there are taboos around it, and they know that, and they know that it's dangerous. And so serious discussion of this is largely shoved aside, and you can see this over and over and over again. This is a realm of, of magic. Pure magic is very, very terrifying for most people. Is, is there an in? I mean, okay, on this show, well, you know, we invite guests like yourself to come on and talk about it. And so I guess maybe we might be considered kind of a portal for people to start investigating. But, but where would people look to, to try and get a grip on this then, if they want to take it seriously? 
Well, there's a whole lot of ways. You start looking at the experiences and the theoretical work on spirit communication with spirits and communications with aliens. And you have to start looking at some of the better and more abstract uh, anthropological work. This is almost completely ignored today. The best work, even in academe, has largely been shoved aside. But there, there is work out there. If you go into that and you start investigating it, you will, you, won't, you will be thrown out of the academic world. Actual research, going out, meeting the people, trying to experience this and understanding this, will make you an outcast, whether you're in the corporate world or if you're in the academic world. Well, I have talked These to a couple are of people. Prohibited. Like, but, but they, the people that do seem to be accepted, like I had mentioned Paul Kingsbury, and he's... Okay, what, what's he published? I'm not familiar with his work. And right, how, he's how, working... Books, how, he's published articles. What, what, and has he been a member of any UFO organizations, and for how long? Uh, well, he is part of this uh, scientific coalition for ufology that I mentioned. He's uh, working uh, at with a grant right now as part of from his institution to study the cultural aspects of these beliefs so where i was going with that is that him and a couple of others that i've met um have or at least connected with they when they look at it from an academic perspective they're sort of taking themselves outside of the the ketchup bottle so to speak and looking at it in an objective way and saying, well, this is what these people believe over here, and this is how they tend to relate to it, rather than becoming members of the initiates themselves, so to speak. Which I okay, think is well, a really good way to look at it. If you're, if you're no, 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 I totally disagree. That, that's the oh, okay. old-fashioned way of doing it. No, that, oh, okay. they, will, they, will, they are likely to make no progress. Okay. No, if, if, they, if they are not participating in it, they will not understand it. Well, like Absolutely. he goes out. This is a blind alley. This has been shown over and over. People have taken that approach for many, many decades, and they they come across come up with nothing. Right. Well, I mean, he goes out on and does investigations with people. Okay. In the does field. he live with the people? Does Does he live with the people? Does he eat with the people? Does he hang out with them? Does he do, Does he know their kids? Does he have dinner with them? Is he part of that culture? Is he doing real ethnography where he becomes part of that group? Or is he standing aside? You say he's standing aside. Well, to some extent. I mean, from our interview, he does participate in it to some extent. But to what extent, though? Most academics don't really get involved. I know a few who have, and they've paid a really serious price. Uh, yes, but and actually, you're, you, nobody would dispute that. I mean, look what happened to John Mack, even. And we're talking about, you know, who he was. Yeah. Yes, so, and, and yeah. at, yes, and you look at John Mack, and he totally lost crit, total critical judgment. He was unable to function rationally. He believed that Donna Bassett sat on the lap of Nikita Khrushchev on board a flying saucer during the Cuban Missile Crisis. He put that in print. And yeah, you know, at some point, it seems that they, what they call, you know, in the business, they jump the shark. I mean, he seemed to be very believable and credible and well-credentialed. And until there's a line that he crossed where even people in the field went, oh, yeah, you know. that's the danger. That's exactly the danger I'm talking about. And this happens over and over and over again. And researchers don't seem to get that. 
I want to ask you about that. We have one more segment left, and I want to ask you about that because it just really caught my interest. George Hansen presenting a lot of interesting ideas for you folks to consider with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We We want pizza! You see? Advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever: you can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, this is really fascinating here. You're saying scientists who like take it seriously, get involved, and things happen. Now, what's happening to them it affects their reputations. Oh, gee, he's just some kind of propeller head or something, or is it something deeper? Well, in the case of John Mack, it really affected him mentally. I mean, would you trust him as a therapist? Absolutely not. I mean, he he totally lost critical judgment. Is that a point of mental illness, being inundated with this? Is that what we have to expect? Uh, I think that is a danger. I think it's certainly a destabilizing. I'm not sure I would label it an illness. I'm not a therapist. I'm not qualified to make that judgment. But it's certainly a lost ability to conceptualize rationally. Now, that may be useful at times, but in his position, I think that's uh, kind of a dangerous state to be in. And I think this happens more and more frequent. And in fact, if you look historically, people who have high status, like John Mack, are more vulnerable. They are more vulnerable to be taken in and be deceived by these tricksterish phenomena. And the That's a risk. farther they have to fall, too, it seems like. Yeah. It, it, this brings up a really interesting point. Maybe, maybe the, the most common ground we could, we could look at would be there's this element of stabilization in the world. And then there's this element of destabilization. And the, the destabilization side of things is if, say, if there is a balance in the universe, a yin-yang, a, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. It's as if the trickster is on that side where things destabilize. You bet. Yes. I mean, we're getting into a little pop culture here, but uh, and I'm not sure if you or Gene, I'm not sure if you're interested in sci-fi or not, but I know that some of our listeners out there, they uh, have watched a series called Babylon 5. And in that series, we have these two races that represent those two actual forces being personified by two advanced alien races that sort of pull the strings behind the scenes to uh, create a stabilization or a destabilization, depending on what they want with respect to our civilization, which to them, uh, we're just sort of like their children or something like that. 
Okay, I'm not familiar with pop culture, and specifically, I'm not familiar with Babylon 5, but it sounds intriguing. And they may be onto something. They may have some visceral sense, whoever the writers were, may have some sense that the universe is sort of built like that. Although it's not personified, it's not controlled from, with material beings, these things tend to operate as though they were. Right, yeah, they've personified these two forces, you could call them, say, stabilization, destabilization, in the form of these advanced alien beings that, that pull the strings from behind the scenes. Now, maybe that is what's going on in, in some cases, but it seems like what you're saying, if, if I'm following you right, is it, it's more like sort of a force of nature that, that just happens to be a part of our existence. Yeah, I think that's uh, one way to think about it. I think about it slightly more abstractly, but that's a way to start thinking about it, that there are these patterns that exist and that they reoccur, and you can sometimes see them coming. And you can, can kind of think of them as sort of a force or a pattern of nature that uh, can build stability or quite the contrary. Recently, we had uh, a futurist on, Christian Chroma. And he, he, he has a vision, actually. He saved his daughter's life by having a vision of how light can be used to heal and then got all of this stuff together. And it's really quite an amazing story. But in his experience, he saw that there are these patterns in nature also that tend to repeat. He has a very positive outlook for the future when it comes to things like artificial intelligence, whereas there's a lot of people who are really concerned that artificial intelligence could be a destabilizing factor. Any comments on that sort of thing? I haven't thought about that enough. I'm certainly no expert in that, so it's probably best not to shoot my mouth off about something I know very little. Uh, I do it all the time, so <laughs> it's just part of the show because we have people that are interested in so many different things that... Uh, I guess if we were to, to look at that and kind of boil it down to two points of view, then what we've got is we've got someone who's very optimistic about the future, who thinks that the, the overall pattern is towards something that is good and beneficial to human beings, as opposed to looking at this trickster side where, well, there's always something else out there that's trying to tear it down or change it or, or confuse us. Now, now in that sci-fi uh, series that I mentioned, there was a reason for the destabilization, and it, this was the darker side. They believed that it is from deep destabilization and suffering, and that we learned, and the strongest of us would survive and continue on. Whereas from well, the stabilization side, we have the academics and the learned people who build from learning truth. Well, okay, these are very abstract ideas, but I think we have to be concerned about the well-being of people here and now, and that if there are dangers, uh, we have to kind of mitigate those. I don't think it's advantageous to think, okay, well, let's have a lot of disorder and maybe things will turn out well. Um, that's probably not going to work. Right, but the trickster probably would disagree with that. He'd say, oh yeah, that's my job. That's what I'm here for. We're going to cause the destabilization and that is what's going to push us forward or evolve us. Well, no, I, I don't think that the trickster has that in mind. It, it's just uh, it's destabilizing. Hey, it's fun to stir things up. Doesn't mean that it's going to turn out well. Uh, if you look at, say, John Mack, well, I don't think that turned out very well. 
And if you look at some of the other ufologists, in many cases, I don't think that turned out well. You know, I, I have been involved in a number of ghost cases, not a lot, uh, probably 40 or 50. I don't really know the number, but uh, well, that's quite a few. Those, in at least three of, the, in three of those cases, people later went to prison and two of them were for murder. I, I think these phenomena do have some really uh, negative downsides. And another case involved incest. And another case uh, involved a murder at the investigation site after I was there. So, no, I, I don't think that these necessarily should be encouraged. I think we should be wary. Uh, people in earlier cultures understood that there were dangers, and they had to treat these phenomena very carefully. Interesting. But do, do we consider them then as having an actual persona, or are they just more uh, a matter of fact this is what you have to look out for. Like, you can't blame lightning for being dangerous. It just does what it does. I think that's largely the case. When a person may have some influence on the course of events uh, in a paranormal manner, but one has to be cautious. So there's no real intent on the part of the trickster. It's just... Well, there might be. You know, the trickster likes to mess up things and likes to cause chaos. You know, it's, it's fun. I enjoy, you know, throwing a bomb once in a while to to just stir things up and see what happens. We have to point out here, they wouldn't let you say that in an airport. He's talking about a verbal bomb, not one of the other kinds. Metaphorical, yeah. Metaphorically. But I'm just about out of time, George, so I wanted to ask you, where can our listeners find out more about the things you do? Well, I've got a website uh, that I haven't updated in many years. it's tricksterbook.com. I'm, I'm rather inactive. You know, I do lecture occasionally, and I hope to be writing more in the future, but I, take, I spend a lot of time thinking before I write. And I've got, you know, a fair amount of writing done, but that's going to be quite a while. So my, or my presentations in, in local areas, I sometimes present at a place called Lilydale, which is a spiritualist camp in uh, New York State. I lecture in New Jersey occasionally, sometimes in New York City area, uh, but not too often. I spend a lot of time writing and thinking and talking about these things with uh, colleagues. You can find us on Twitter. Look for the Paracast. Look for our two communities, groups, whatever, on Facebook. And, you know, be safe when you go on Facebook. We also have the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com. You'll get a version of this show with enhanced audio yet. So we have this great landline connection with George Hansen, and you're going to hear it spectacularly. We're going to also give you the After the Paracast podcast, where you never know what's going to happen next. We sometimes continue interviews. Sometimes we have brand new interviews. You never know. George Hansen, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Uh, You're welcome. I'm looking forward to, to sometime in the future, perhaps. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>